Welcome to CrewCast, the Crew Network podcast that features top thought leaders in commercial real estate, shares important industry insight, and inspires change. In this episode, Crew Network CEO Wendy Mann interviews Marianne Ajamian, Senior Partner with Nutter, McLennan, and Fish, LLP. Marianne served as President of Crew Network in 2007. Marianne, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you could join me here for Her Story, our crew podcast featuring our past presidents talking about the history of a crew in our 30th anniversary year. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you so much, Wendy, for having me. I'm looking forward to speaking with you. Well, I have a few great questions for you. So let's get started. Uh, In 2007, under your leadership, Crew Network published its first white paper, which is a follow-up from the findings of our first benchmark study in 2005. The white paper was called Minding the Gap, Defined Strategies that Women and Companies Should Adopt to Ensure a More Diverse Workplace in Which Women Play Greater Leadership Roles. How do you feel that that first uh, industry white paper was received? I think it was incredibly well received uh, on many different levels. Um, I think it was uh, initially, you know, um, and and uh, importantly, so well received by our members as a really important tool for them to think about their career opportunities, their the companies that they were working for and, you know, envision how they could make a difference and help change the environments that they were working in, you know, to help change ultimately the industry and the opportunities that not only they personally had, um, but that other women around them had in real estate as well. Um, It was a way to make sure that the conversations about opportunities in real estate um, became very practical about what steps really could be done rather than having people say, yeah, well, we would like to hire somebody, but we're not sure we can find someone or we mm-hmm. don't know that, you know, it would mm-hmm. be nice if, you know, we could get a woman to do something. And frankly, you still hear those kinds of conversations yeah. in many industries today. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, do you feel like that that was a great first step and, and a great foray into taking some of the data from the benchmark study and extending the value of that into a white paper focused on more um, things that were practical tactics and tips? Um, do you feel like there's been uh, some change or some movement in that where it's not so um, people are not so unaware about what they might do? I, I agree. Yes, definitely. And I think one of the reasons there's been a great change is because uh, it gave not only the people within companies and in management existing management positions but also allowed um, individuals who have these concerns to be able to have a conversation with their management team and have a tool to point to you know to start that conversation and to give specific practical advice um, that the companies could apply uh, to their organizations. Yeah, very well said, because that was going to be my next point was just that I think what's happened over the last nearly 20 years since uh, the research program was started by the leadership um, uh, 
in 2005 under Deb Kwok was um, that we've extended that from just helping individual women uh, with tools and resources to really focusing on companies and taking our research deeper into companies. So our white papers serve a, a purpose not only for an individual uh, uh, woman in the industry, but also for companies uh, to give them more <clears throat> tools, resources, and information about what they can do to really move the needle. Well, and that's that's actually the only way the you know the movement will actually occur. I mean, on a, in a larger scale, you know, in terms of moving the needle for the industry as a whole, you know, we had specifically said we want to change the industry. You know, that's part of our mission. And in order to change the industry, we have to be reaching out to the largest players within mm-hmm. the industry to create, help them create that change. Yeah. Well, and speaking of change, uh, one other initiative in 2007, Crew Network introduced a redesigned recognition program and announced its first ever Impact Award winners, which is a program that continues to this day. What was the catalyst behind revamping Crew's industry-wide recognition? Um, the very name, Impact, uh, gives you a sense of what the motivation behind that, because we knew that there were lots of women who were having you know, major accomplishments that were changing the way that we did business and the way the industry did business um, and impacting the industry. And we felt as an organization, it was important that we highlight that and to, to, to be able to show you know, not only our members, you know, but the others within the industry, the impact that our members and other women in real estate were having on, mm-hmm. on the industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. And at that time in the organization, if uh, uh, my memory serves me from looking back, one of the really important key components to raise the stature and visibility of women was to celebrate their accomplishments. And so it was so important that not only did we recognize them, but we had some uh, some broader per, uh media and PR around that so that not just were they recognized in crew, but recognized in the broader industry, um, which helped others see that there were women doing amazing things in the business, right? Exactly. Exactly. The whole point was to raise the visibility and the stature um, and the recognition of those accomplishments um, that, you know, had historically been made, but maybe, you know, not enough people were actually aware of them. Right, Um, right. And so that's what we had hoped to achieve um, by, by focusing on the award in that fashion. Yeah. And I have to say, when I see some of the awardees and hear their stories, I am just amazed. Every year, it, it you know, it, it is interesting and you learn so much about how there are different paths to success and different paths to accomplishing much right. within the industry. Right. And everyone's story is different mm-hmm. um, and you can learn from each story and be inspired by each right. story. Right. And I think that still remains today one of the most effective things of the the awards as well. So on that note, you are senior partner of your firm, uh, Nutter, McLennan and Fish LLP. Can you share with our listeners how how did you get started in your commercial real estate career and how did your career path progress? Speaking of inspiring stories. (laughs) Well, I when I went to law school, I knew that I wanted to um, 
do transactional work rather than, you know, doing any kind of litigation. Um, and while I was in law school, I answered a blind ad for a research position. And it turned out to be a position with Sumner Redstone, who at the wow. time... It was, you know, unbeknownst to me, uh, and he was just a mere millionaire at the time. He, he hadn't become a billionaire yet, um, but he was running uh, Showcase Cinemas, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he was a lawyer, and he was going to be teaching a entertainment law school course. And at the time, you know, entertainment law was just kind of beginning, really. Uh, so there wasn't, you know, class materials or anything like that. So he hired two students uh, to do to be his interns, and then he hired us both. Um, to work for Showcase Cinemas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I took that job because I was interested in, you know, um, as I said, kind of business more generally, not necessarily specifically real estate. Um, and I knew it was a very unique opportunity that was being presented. Um, and so I thought it was worthwhile, um, you know, to do that and that I would learn a lot. And um, I was a little bit concerned about um, future opportunities um, because at the time the uh, legal world was a little bit more class oriented and there weren't as many in-house positions and you weren't necessarily recognized, you know, as being as serious a lawyer. If you went in-house, the thought was, you know, oh, unless you were like, the general counsel of a major corporation, you may be in-house because you couldn't get a job at a law firm or you didn't want to work that hard. Um, and I was just curious about law firm life. So after three and a half years, I felt like I really needed law firm experience on my resume to make sure if I ever needed a job, I could get one. Mm-hmm. And at the time, the real estate market was booming, mm-hmm. um, and I thought I could either get a corporate job or a real estate uh, position, and it turned out that I got a job in real estate, mm-hmm. uh, a real estate department of a mid-sized firm. And when the partner that I worked most closely with went in-house and became the first general counsel of a healthcare REIT, um, Nutter called me up because they had been doing the um, legal work for this REIT, and they said, "How'd you like to come here?" Um, and so that's what happened. And um, wow. for the first uh, several years while I was here, I was the lead transactional counsel for this healthcare REIT and um, and a number of other. Um, companies in the healthcare arena um, doing the real estate and corporate work, not, Mm -hmm. you know, healthcare regulatory work. And Mm -hmm. then I branched out and did more lending work. And now I'm doing both development and acquisition and financing and complex transactions. And Mm -hmm. um, I did a lot of multi-state, multi-property things. So I really enjoyed um, meeting people in different markets and knowing people in different markets and this 
being a member of crew, I thought was fabulous for that purpose too. You know, being able mm-hmm. to actually visit other markets and talk to people from our other markets and hear what they were doing. Um, I just think it broadens your perspective. So you're mm-hmm. not so narrowly focused mm-hmm. on what you know, generally in the only, you know, in the market that you happen to be in. Yeah. So there, there you go. It wasn't intentional that you ended up in commercial real estate transactions, no. but crew helped facilitate the relationships you needed and valued as you advanced and spread your career around uh, across the country and not just focused in a local area. Exactly. And it actually helped me here in Boston, too, because while I was doing a lot of transactional work for the REIT, and that was more national in scope, Mm -hmm. I actually didn't know many people in Boston in the real estate and legal communities. And so I ended up becoming the um, president of the Boston chapter of um, I joined it in order to start, you know, you know, meeting people and creating a network here. And by becoming part of the leadership of the Boston crew chapter, which was highly regarded in our market, um, that gave me a credential that other people recognized, you know, in the industry. And it also gave me a wide group of colleagues that I value and work with to this day. Well, and speaking of the industry, how would you say the industry has changed for women in the last two to three decades? Oh, I think there are a lot in uh, real estate as a career path is now more recognized um, as as a career path for women. Mm-hmm. I think you know initially, if you said you were a woman in, in real estate, um, I think the vision that would pop up is of a residential real estate broker. Absolutely, um, yeah. And so I I don't think. People thought about commercial real estate necessarily as a career path. Frankly, a lot of men didn't think about that and business schools didn't think about that initially. And commercial real estate as, you know, a a, um, recognized a career path both for investment as well as development on a regional and national basis as as that arc you know ha- has been achieved i think now women the change in the last you know 30 years is that it's becoming a more recognized career path for women as well yeah well thank you i agree and there's still more work to be done for sure but I think there has been progress, and I think the fact that we are getting more young women into the the industry and the profession really helps facilitate that, which is why I love the Crew Careers um, programs and the U-Crew programs we do at Crew Network, because I think it has made a huge impact over the last 20 years of, of changing that dynamic. So um, it's a good thing that uh, past leaders knew that filling the pipeline was equally as important as kind of facilitating people's leadership um, of existing. So we are in a good place today. Lots of work to do still. And looking ahead, as we celebrate Crew Network's 30th anniversary year, how do you think Crew will impact the industry in the next 30 years? Well, I think, as you mentioned, there is still a lot of work to do. Um, And I think 
I would hope that the impact will be to continue to make sure that um, the idea of inclusiveness and parity with respect to opportunity and compensation um, becomes uh, a much more normalized uh, situation and it, it isn't as much of, you know, a, a while the gap is not as wide as it used to be, you know, there's still a gap both with respect to opportunities and compensation. And I think that it's important for crew to continue to be able to give our members the tools they need to be able to address those issues and to work with within the industry and with the leaders within the industry to continue to make those changes. Yeah, agree wholeheartedly, Marianne. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts and uh, perspectives on your year as uh, president of Crew Network in 2007 uh, and your thoughts and sharing your journey uh, in your career and how you came to be where you are today. And really inspiring to hear that things happened along the way that really created this wonderful place in uh, Crew Network's history and in your career journey for us to be here today. So thank you so much. And uh, we appreciate you sharing your story. Well, thank Uh, you for for having me. It's been a pleasure to speak with you, Wendy. And it's been a pleasure to listen to the other uh, stories from the other crew presidents as well. Well, good. Well, happy 30th to us. And thanks, Marianne, for your leadership over the years. 